0: In 2020, a man detonated a bomb at an AT&T building in Nashville. Remember that? Geez, that sounds like forever ago in the world of conspiracy theory. The official story is because his father died of dementia. He blamed 5G technology that at that time was rolling out across the world. But is the truth behind the bombing even more bizarre? And then we travel to a house in the suburbs to take a look at the story of a young girl whose best babysitter is the television set. When her mother turns on the television set and leaves the room, she has no idea she's opening her daughter up to Supernatural Attacks, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day, too. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend doing whatever you were doing. I hope it was a lot of fun. First off, crawling into Dead Rabbit Command on all fours, wearing nothing but tattered clothing. Everyone, give it up for Jim Morphous Gas. Woohoo! yeah! Come on, Jim! Come on, quit crawling around. It's kind of creepy, Jim. Jim... Morphous Gas, is that a pun? Is that a real name? Maybe I can't figure it out. Jim Morphus, sorry if it's your real name, sorry if it's your real name, and I think it's some hidden joke. Jim Morphous Gas sent me a book off my Amazon wish list. It was a book, it was the book of werewolves. It was an old... Home published back in 1863. So, this is back when werewolves were a thing. This was basically a guide to keep you from getting your guts mauled out of your body. So, thank you, Jim. It's a totally awesome book. I love reading books of the time period, right? That's really, really cool. The Book of Werewolves. And you're going to be our captain, our pilot. Oh, that's why he was walking around on all fours. You're like, why was he walking around on all fours with tattered clothing? Should we be sending this guy Patreon money? Jim, what is your Venmo? No, no, he was, he was a werewolf. That's what I was implying. Not that he's a poor bum who crawls around <laughs> and gives me books. Jim, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or buy me books, it's totally fine. It really is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. And as Jim is preparing the Jason Jalopy for our first story, I'm going to give you guys some details, dude. This is so dope. So, March 24th, I will be giving a live presentation at the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon. I invite all of you guys to come out. Um, This is going to be awesome. This is going to be fantastic. Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon, Oregon. March 24th, my speech is at 6 p.m. I think I might be the first speaker, honestly, which I love being the opening act because I can do my thing and then relax the rest of the weekend. March 24th, 6 p.m. The presentation is called Why Are There No Fat Ghosts? So please come out. I cannot wait to do this, and I hope you guys are there with me. It's not going to be videotaped. It's not going to be videotaped. I'm not going to record it. I like... I don't want to bring someone out and say, hey, can you hold this phone for an hour? I like people to be in the moment. If someone shows up and videotapes it, that's fine. But we're not going to be releasing any audio from it. Because I want the people there to be in the moment. Why are there no fat ghosts? March 24th, 6 p.m. I hope you guys can be there. If not, be there in spirit. Get it? (laughs) I guess it's a ghost conference. Okay, Jim. Let's go ahead and touch the keys of the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Home of country music. Probably other stuff. I actually don't know if it's the home of country music. I think that's probably Virginia or something like that. I think country music's been around since the Civil War. But Nashville, Tennessee. We covered this story a a long time ago back when it happened and it's really weird it's one of those stories that was so huge in the conspiracy theory community it was mainstream news people were talking about this all over the news and then it completely disappeared everyone just kind of shrugged after a certain point and left and and i i i didn't predict it with this one I didn't think this one would go away so quickly, but I did predict it with the Georgia Guidestones. When's the last time you've heard about that? A massive bomb was detonated in the middle of Georgia, destroyed this structure that had been around for since the 70s, right? So almost 50 years. Never caught him. They had video footage of the car leaving the area. You think at least the ATF would be interested in who built a bomb... It's gone. I I totally predicted that. I go, we're never going to find out who did this. Somebody blew up the Georgia Guidestones. Later that day, a construction crew came out and just knocked it down. And then the entire time we were told there was a time capsule underneath it, a article was released saying, oh, we opened up the time capsule and it was full of like quaaludes and and, like some other knickknack. That wasn't true. That was 100% fake. That was not the time capsule in there. And then a couple days later, they go, oh, no, there's no time capsule under there. We, like, knocked it down, and we looked. There was nothing in there. So, I mean, and that story is pretty much every so often you'll see someone in the paranormal community kind of go, hey, what's up with the Georgia Guidestones? Like, we haven't heard anything about that. But the mainstream media is not investigating it. As far as we can tell, law enforcement isn't investigating it. It was a pretty powerful bomb. And they kind of ran with the, hey, look at what they buried in the 1970 time capsule. That wasn't true. That wasn't the time capsule. They never found the time capsule. The uh, official report is there was no time capsule. Someone who went through the trouble of building the Georgia Guidestones to survive a nuclear war, to basically be an, a guide to resetting humanity, goes, yeah, but I don't want to leave any artifacts from the 1970s or from before. We don't need a time capsule. We'll tell people there's a time capsule and not really have Super weird. This Nashville bombing thing, I remember it obviously was weird at the time. We we did an episode on it. We talked about it for a bit. And I forgot about it too. So when I saw this conspiracy theory pop up recently, I was like, okay, this is super, this is super interesting because in the in a vacuum, right, we've had an absence of conspiracy theories, really even mention of it. People don't even really talk now. This was another massive bomb in the city of Nashville. Let's go over a few quick facts if you don't remember. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What? Oh no! Should I be concerned? It was Christmas morning. It was so iconic, right? Of the top ten most iconic bombings. Christmas morning. It was 2020. There was a man named Anthony Warner, 63 year old man. He detonated a RV full of explosives outside of an AT&T facility. And it basically, it completely destroyed the building it was in front of and shattered windows up and down the street. Uh, one building collapsed. the 41 other buildings were damaged. There was a countdown. Basically, so I, I'm kind of getting scattered here, but Anthony Warner pulls up outside of this AT&T building in this RV and basically a... The first report is someone is firing shots in downtown Nashville. And as police respond to the area and people are leaving... And it probably wasn't a lot of people down there anyways. It's Christmas morning. There, a recorded announcement begins playing from the RV saying a bomb will detonate soon. And then it starts a 15-minute countdown. So the police are like, okay, no one's down here anyways. It's Christmas morning. The police still have on their little like sleepy stocking cap and their new Christmas pajamas. They basically clear the streets of Squirrels, and it does the complete 15-minute countdown, and then it begins to play the song, downtown, downtown, and then... This is all caught on video. This is all caught on video because we have, like, ATM cameras and stoplight cameras and all that stuff. There was talk of a missile, like you actually, a missile crashes into the building and then the RV goes off. There there was a big conspiracy theory about that for a while. That was one of the conspiracy theories. I didn't necessarily believe that. I, I think the explosives were in the RV. But anyways, the RV explodes, does all this damage, only one death, and that was Anthony himself. And the story we got from the mainstream media was that Anthony's father worked for AT&T and he had recently died of dementia and anthony was a 5g conspiracy theorist that that also sounds quite quaint now right because 5g is pretty much everywhere at this point you don't hear that you hear it sometimes connected to covid but the but it's not it's not as big as like your eyeballs are going to melt out of your head um we don't see that so much about 5g because it's everywhere As, as you're listening to this your eyeballs are melting you're like ah it's true it's true just took a while 5g conspiracy theorist anthony that's the what We were told, and his father died of dementia. He worked at the subsidiary at AT&T. So, therefore, AT&T is responsible. So, I'm going to blow up this AT&T building. And I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to expose the truth to the world. Unfortunately, it just basically one man died. And, you know, the guy was, <laughs> he built a a blockbusting bomb. I don't wish him death. You know, I, it's unfortunate that he died. Uh, there's other ways to get your message out. But, and again, did it work? Like, again, like this entire thing's been swept under the rug. People don't really talk about it anymore. What happened? We figured out, because see, listen, AT&T is, this, this is where I'm going to get myself blown up by the government. AT&T is in lockstep with the American government, and they always have been. I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory, really. I mean, they were the original Google, and at any point, the government could say, we want to know what this person's phone calls were. All this stuff about warrants and needing, oh man, I really wish I could have gotten that wiretap. But that judge said no. Oh, dang it. I guess we're gonna, just going to have to sit here until those terrorists strike again. That's all like local politics. Like maybe your local cop won't be able to wiretap your phone. And the judge is like, you don't have any probable cause. But the government is just like, we want to listen to all the phone calls in this area. And the phone companies, despite what you read in the media, they go, "Sure, every so often you'll see something pop up where they're like, "We won't let you, we stand for freedom, and the government's like, Arr. no, they know everything we're saying at all times. so when this happened, we found out though because the government is constantly spying on you. What we found out is when this eighteen t building went up, it also disrupted nine one one dispatch services in the area. Nearby flights were grounded. It basically caused this massive infrastructure shockwave. Flights were grounded. You had communication systems within hospitals go down, which you figure would have been like self-contained. So we're starting to see, it's very interesting. We're starting to see how interconnected all of this stuff is. Credit card machines, even people just wanting to stream movies, even if you weren't using an at t network. It created this huge ripple through the system. But everything was pretty much back online. Oh, and at t was disrupted throughout the country. This one little area here that blew this building up. at t had disruptions across the country. But within two days, everything was back to normal. I mean, obviously, like, you know, <laughs> flight commands ain't ground flights for two days. Uh, Flights were able to get back on. I'm sure the hospitals got started up pretty quickly, got their communication systems back up. But you trying to stream Spy Kids 4, it could have taken a while. That was not a priority. You're like, oh no, will they win the spy wars? Anyways, I find this super fascinating because recently I came across this conspiracy theory. And to be fair, even the guy who's writing the conspiracy theory is like, uh, maybe... He's not totally sold on this, but, but this led me to a really, really interesting fact that I didn't know about any of this stuff. There was a guy online, he goes by the name Aphrodite4120, and he posted this, and he is saying, possibly, right? Again, he's not totally married to this, but his idea is this. What had happened is that a rogue artificial intelligence program had been detected inside that AT&T building. And people were feverishly trying to keep it contained in this building. They're severing all escape routes. They're basically pulling T1 cables out of the wall. Knocking satellite dishes off the roof. And when they realized that they couldn't contain it, they said, we need to blow the building up. So what we're seeing is something that's working backwards. And now he says, and I wasn't able to confirm this, he says the infrastructure, like all of the other, like the 911 calls going down and the airports going down and the hospitals going down. He says that all happened two hours before the bombing. That was basically... Step two. The first step was to try to contain it in the building at 100%. If they couldn't do that, then they were going to shut off all communications throughout the city. And when they realized that wasn't going to work either, they were going to have to go to step three. Which was blow up the building. And they needed a cover story. Now, it is interesting... What they happened to have, what the government happened to have access to was the body of a 5G conspiracy theorist, Anthony Warner. Now, whether he had died of a heart attack earlier that morning or, or the feds took him out, we don't know. Again, this is just a conspiracy theory. This is just a conspiracy theory. But the idea is they already had... And who knows? I mean, listen, man. Again... And it's not just the United States government. Every government does these things. It's just what governments do. They have one goal, to survive. It wouldn't surprise me if governments have fictional databases on people. You obviously have all the real stuff you do. And then they just make up stuff too. When I die, I'm going to be like some big Harry Potter fan. And I organize the live-action Quidditch matches. I'm like, come on, bros, come on, make me a cool corpse. They may just have dossiers, and they have a body, and they go, this was this guy's grievance with us. And the media thumbs through, and it goes, okay, makes sense. But anyway, so they had Anthony Warner. They had this dead 5G conspiracy theorist, and they basically said, oh, he was there. He was blown to bits. Literal bits were left of Anthony Warner, so you couldn't really... And again, it's one of those things like even me who who i have distrust of the media in general and i think most people do um i obviously rely on them for a ton of information especially stuff that i'm not particularly either interested in or have any way to fact check myself because i don't live in nashville i can't drive out there and i'm like picking up pieces and picking up like a toenail and taking it back to my lab even if i could get out there i don't have a lab i can't run dna tests So you do... I can kind of scratch my head and go, that's kind of suspicious. I thought it was weird. Remember, there were gunshots. That's what brought the people to the area at first. To hear the countdown, we never found out who fired the gun. We assume Anthony Warner fired gunshots so police would show... Because the streets were pretty much deserted. Everything was closed. So the police would show up so they could hear the countdown and know that this bomb was coming. But why would you give them the warning. If you were going to blow up the building anyways and weren't going to give some big speech, you weren't going to stand on the top of the RV and go, 5G's killing us all! So, who fired the gun? Who was Anthony Warner? Did he exist? Aphrodite's saying that there was this AI program locked in this facility, and they needed, they basically blew it up and then came up with the story. We got the body... We have videotape of this RV out front. It was this guy who had a grievance with the company. Now, fascinating conspiracy theory. Does he have any proof? No. He's really just going, what if? The reason why I wanted to cover it was because I learned something brand new about the whole Nashville bombing thing. Let's take into account, let's take the official story that Anthony Warner blew up this AT&T building because his father died of dementia while working with a subsidiary of AT&T. It was a retaliatory strike. It wasn't to spread the message of the dangers of 5G. It was to punish those who killed his father. So let's take that. Let's take the official mainstream story. I'm reading Aphrodite's post and Aphrodite keeps mentioning, how could you have a bomb that's so big it could destroy a 33-story building? Yet you'd still have DNA. You'd still have toenails and bits of flesh that you can match to Anthony Warner. And I, he he made that comment like once or twice. And I go, 33-story building? What's this guy talking about? Like, it was like a historic downtown Nashville. Because I'd seen the footage. I was very familiar with the footage. And then I was re-watching it. As I was reading his post and going, oh, this is kind of interesting. It's not a 33-story building. Maybe at most like four or five. Like this was like historic downtown Nashville. All the buildings are are just those square buildings. One next to another. I'm like, what's he talking about? 33-story building. The bomb went off on 2nd Street. And if you go to Google Earth today... You can do a little tour down that street. That street is still completely closed off. Which is weird. Which is super weird, right? You had all the rubble for 9-11 removed. Fairly quickly. And some people say too quickly. Some people say it should have been molten lava. But anyways. Anyways. That's my 9-11. That's my X 9 truth. truther coming out. It's still in there somewhere. You have, you have the, like this whole block is just completely shattered and it's uh, basically like it's turned into a one way street. And even if the footage isn't up to date as of today, it was even given them two years. None of these stores have reopened. They haven't done any major renovation or demolished it. Now, if it's a historic, they might have certain rules, but if it's historic, you figure they would demolish it. Anyways, the sec- this all happened on 2nd Street. If you go over one street, if you know how to do math, if you go to 3rd Street, there is the AT&T building. It's called the AT&T building, and it is the tallest building in the state of Tennessee. If you wanted to strike a blow against at and I can understand if they were on the other side of the country or even on the other side of the state, and you didn't want to drive an RV full of explosives that far, I could totally see you wanting to hit, like, a local facility because the one that would be the truest symbol of tyranny over humans, right, T- putting out this new technology that killed his father... You would just hit the closest target. The, the, this was one street away. One street away was the largest building in Tennessee. It was the at and facility. And it, had he driven his RV just a block over, this bomb destroyed one building and damaged 43 others. That street has still not been reopened. Because of the damage. Two years. The, I, I double checked. That photo was taken in June of 2022. Two years that street. They have had no businesses there. Had he parked that RV close to that 33 story at t building. Glistening glass and steel. Could have done some serious damage. He could have taken down a building. Or at least blown a huge chunk in it. So why did he pick the, the little building next to it? and not the 18 t Tower itself. It's almost as if something escaped from the AT&T Tower and made it just a block away before some missile struck out of nowhere and destroyed the building this AI was in. It escaped from its prison on 3rd Street, only got to 2nd Street before it was erased from reality. It's a fascinating conspiracy theory. Don't know if it's true. Don't even know if I buy the missile thing. But I find that super weird that he didn't attack the big building. That's super bizarre. And I didn't even know there was that giant building. (laughs) People in Tennessee, are like, yes, it's the tallest building. We can see it. We can see it from where we're at. I'm living down the street. I can see the building. I just find that so weird that he didn't attack the main building. I'm glad he didn't. Right? I'm not for more property damage from a conspiracy theorist bomb. But... Okay, awesome. I really love that story. But we have to move on to something a little creepier. <laughs> I guess if you're an AT&T stockholder, that entire story made you wet your pants. But, Jim Morfagas, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world-famous Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Tennessee. Take us all the way out. To a house in the suburbs. Jim landed this carpenter copter outside of this little girl's house. And let me set the story up here. This is kind of interesting. The story was posted online by someone. This is a throwaway account by someone called Throwaway Liva. And they said, this isn't my story. This is my mom's story. But i got to tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom, she is one of those parents who doesn't make stuff up. Technically, the term she used is she never led us to believe that there was things like Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. So my mom was not a um, fabricator. She wasn't a liar would <laughs> basically be the term some people would use. But you know what I mean? She wasn't indulging in our childhood whimsy. So when... Throw away LeVa's mom told her this story it makes you think. This is probably true. This is probably true. At the very least, my mom saw something she couldn't explain. But it was like stress or a dream or hallucination or something like that. At the most, my mom had an incredibly creepy paranormal encounter, which affected the way that she raised her own children. We're going to go ahead, we don't have names or locations for any of these people, but we're going to go ahead and name the mother Nancy. When Nancy was four years old, one day she was hanging out in her mom's bedroom while her mom was taking a shower. It was just her and her mom home at the time, and Nancy was just watching a little television. It was a Mickey Mouse show. It was a show starring Mickey Mouse, which (laughs) tend to be the lamest ones. I hate Mickey Mouse. So that's why I'm covering this story. I was like, yes, yes, it's true form. Finally, I can convince the world and I didn't need to use an RV full of explosives to do it. Nancy is watching television while her mom's taking a shower. She's watching a Mickey Mouse show. Nancy, when she's thinking about it, she goes, I think it was that show Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I was watching the Disney Channel, watching a little Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. When she hears a voice go, Nancy? Nancy instinctively goes, Yeah? Now she knows her mom's taking a shower, and she knows her mom doesn't normally sound all squeaky. Nancy? But she, yeah, she just instinctively is like, Oh, someone must be calling me, yes? And there's no answer. And she can hear her mother still taking the shower in the bathroom. Nancy turns back to the television and continues to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse when she hears, Nancy! Nancy! Clearly hears her name again, but this time she realizes it's coming from the television. The TV itself is calling her name. And Nancy goes, the second I realized this, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck float out of the television set. Nancy remembers this clear as day, which I imagine you would if fictional characters were walking around in your living room. Well, technically, I think they're just kind of floating there. Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck float out of the television set, and she said they were transparent like ghosts. You could see right through them. And Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck are floating out of the television set. They're floating in front of Nancy as her mom's in the other room, completely oblivious to this absolutely bizarre event. And the two animated characters start, begin to go, Come here. Come here with us. <laughs> You're like, did Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson floated on the television too? And Donald Duck saw, come here. Come here with us. Whack, whack. <laughs> She's like, who are these Who are these dollar store versions? Where are these terrible voices coming from? A oh, yuck, yuck. See, if Goofy had come out, I could have done a little bit of goofy. yuck, yuck, come here with us. You're <laughs> like, that's barely serviceable. Hey, Nancy, it's Yogi Bear. Come get the picnic basket. But unfortunately, she wasn't watching any of our bear cartoons, right? Hee-hee! <laughs> Mickey Mouse laughed again. Come here, come here with us. Basically, these two floating characters are trying to get Nancy to go somewhere. And what's so interesting, so if I was four, I would have been 1980, but... But with four years old, 1980, if Luke Skywalker walked into my living room and says, Hey, man, we need you. We need you to help fight the Empire. Jump into this television. Before he even finished the sentence, I would be inside the TV. If Optimus Prime ever told me to crawl in his cab and drive him around town, I'd do it. But what's interesting is Nancy realized something was wrong. It's probably because her voice is sucks. She's like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like Mickey Mouse. It doesn't sound like Mickey Mouse. I don't know what it sounds like. Yuck, yuck. She says she immediately gets weirded out once these characters begin speaking to her. Because even at the age of four, she knows that television characters aren't supposed to be floating out of the screen. And I don't know if I knew that at the age of four, but Shane did. And she said that these two... Okay, this one beloved character and Mickey Mouse are beckoning her to come into... Well, they're saying, come here, come with us. Is she going to get teleported into the television? Are they going to grab her and take her to some hellish dimension? Are these demons posing as these characters? Are the characters actually coming out of the television set? She's trying to figure all this stuff out too, and she's four, and it's happening right now. And she doesn't know what to do, because on the one hand, cartoon characters, on the other hand, this shouldn't be happening. And as she's trying to figure this out, as they continue to beckon her to come towards them, the mom steps out of the shower, and they immediately disappear. Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse just vanish. They don't float back into the television set. Mickey Mouse is shaking his fist. I'll be back later tonight. Hee-hee! <laughs> no, they just disappear. And Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is still playing. I don't, think, I don't think she finished the episode. She's like, that was quite terrifying. But I wonder if Peg Lake Pete will win the hand of Sweet Sweet Daisy. I'm pretty sure she shut the television off. And in fact, from that day on... She stopped watching anything Mickey Mouse related. This is a lesson to us all. We all should have done this. She didn't watch anything Mickey Mouse related. And she didn't let her kids ever watch anything Mickey Mouse related. And, I mean, this is like a generational curse. She stopped watching Mickey Mouse. Kids can't watch Mickey Mouse. And her grandkids, when they come over to her house... No Mickey Mouse. Which would be, it's not a bad tactic. One, Mickey Mouse sucks. But secondly, kids constantly want to rebel against their elders. And your parents tell you not to get a tattoo, you get a tattoo. Parents tell you not to smoke, you start smoking. Parents says, don't watch Mickey Mouse. You'll be like, I hate you, Mom and Dad. I'm totally going to rebel. And you go to the Disney store. You're like, I'm going to get all the Mickey Mouse paraphernalia. Watching tons of Mickey Mouse. You know, and you just, like, you'd be laughing. It was a huge prank. You could care less if they watched Mickey Mouse. But it gave them something harmless to rebel against you with, right? Watching all this Mickey Mouse garbage. Anyways, no more Mickey Mouse in this. This was no longer a house of mouse from that day forth. It's an interesting story. It's an interesting story. My my dislike of Mickey Mouse is long And storied. We've actually done previous episodes on it. It's also possible that Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck did float out of the television set. And then that's a whole other slew of questions. Was it actually Mickey and Donald, I think, would be the first important one. Because it could be demons masquerading as... If I was a demon, I would totally be... A cool guy. I would totally be like appearing. at What do kids like these days? I'm walking around. I'm, I'm Mr. Beast. I'm giving money away. Is it a demon who is disguised as Mickey and Donald? Which would be. I mean both of these. Both of these are terrifying alternatives. And none of them are like. Well that's that's a little. That's a little soothing. If Is it a demon or demons disguised as Mickey and Donald? And had they caught her. Then what? I think the go to thing is whether it's Mickey and Donald, whether these characters, these beloved characters, are some sort of demonic constructs in and of themselves. Like, Mickey is an actual demonic force, and Donald, while he is pretty funny and he is cool, is unfortunately aligned with Mickey in this conspiracy theory. They're actually demonic forces, and they are constantly trying to subvert children into falling into this hellish landscape. You know, that's the con- that's one conspiracy theory that is actually... I know, that now I feel like they're both so weird. Either they're demons disguises Mickey and Donald, or they're Mickey and Donald who are actually demons. And so, yeah, she was right to never allow Mickey Mouse in her house. I don't know if she watched DuckTales. Again, I'm a little iffy on that detail. She might actually be much younger than me. She might not have been born during the time of DuckTales. Because I was an adult when that Mickey Mouse Clubhouse was on. So the point is is that I'm wondering if if we take the story at face value. We'll have to wrap this up real quick. But were they demons disguised as Mickey and Donald? Or are Mickey and Donald actually demons? And every so often they are able to come out of the television set. To beckon children to come to them. We have these two possibilities. And then the big question is. What happens when the kid goes with them? Because I could obviously be super creepy. And say. She goes yeah sure. And then they lead her into the television set. And then the mom comes out of the shower. And the bedroom's empty. And she's like Nancy. 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 And she's looking all over the house. She can't find her four year old daughter. She calls the police, the police show up, they scour the area, they're putting missing person signs all over the neighborhood. It becomes a local news story, not quite national, and Nancy is never seen again. But, if you watched episode 87 of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, in the background, while Pegleg Pete is chasing Daisy through a hall of mirrors for a split second, you see the distorted face of a four-year-old girl screaming out in pain, banging on one of the mirrors, her soul trapped in this cartoon forever. Right? That'd be super that'd be super creepy. But I don't think that's I don't think that's it. I mean, call me, call me a little more stable than that. I don't think she gets sucked in the television set. Because Here's the thing. Kids disappearing in their houses is so incredibly rare. And Mickey Mouse Clubhouse was aired all over the country, if not the world. So I don't think that it's that these kids are being kidnapped and sucked into the television set. You're like, Jason, I'm actually surprised. That's not what you're thinking. What's more likely, and we'll wrap it up like this, is that, yes... If you do go with these entities, they don't kidnap you and take you to a hellish dimension. They don't do something like super horror movie to you. Nan, uh, the mother doesn't come out of the bathroom and found her daughter just completely eviscerated. A single teardrop on a four-year-old's face as she turns to her mom and goes, "Mickey played with <laughs> my God, like, you know what I mean?" Like, obviously, this stuff is great in a horror movie." <laughs> it's a great in a horror movie it's super spooky but i don't think it happens i think that <laughs> let's pretend that mickey comes out of the television set but he doesn't do that mickey and donald basically would just corrupt her these demonic forces they don't need to do anything like super spooky any dean Koontz level horror to this girl they just say come here come here and she reaches out and she touches them and then they disappear the mom comes out But because she did what they said, because they realized that this young girl is actually malleable, they can convince her to do something that then through the rest of her life, they're basically convincing her to make bad decisions. Some guy's like, hey, do you want some crack? She's like, oh, no, I heard in school that crack's bad for you. And then Donald Duck's like, I don't know. Crack is delicious. And she's like, well, uh, Donald Duck said so. The truck dealer's like, what? Man, you must already be high. Not like that. Like, it doesn't have to be like Donald Duck's on one shoulder and Mickey Mouse's on another. You know what I mean? Like, they would just realize she's she's easily persuadable. They never have to show up again. They just know that she is susceptible to suggestion. So it's an interesting story. I, it's one of the stories that probably did happen in one... I don't think the poster's making it up. I don't think the mom's making it up. I think it, it's interesting that the mom never talked or didn't lead them to believe in these childhood illusions like the Tooth Fairy and like Santa Claus, right? She probably still gave the kids a dollar when they lost the tooth just to keep the economy going. But they're like, no, the Tooth Fairy's not really a thing. But I will give you a dollar because that's what all the other kids are getting for their teeth. No, Santa Claus isn't really a thing, but you still get presents. Because if anyone knew the power of a child's imagination mixed with... Dark and mysterious forces taking the form from a childhood's imagination. If anyone knew how dangerous that combination could actually be, it would be a woman like Nancy. She wasn't willing to indulge in her children's zest for fantasies. Believing in the tooth fairy, leprechauns, Santa Claus, because she knew that these could be pathways of temptation that would only take her children and her grandchildren down the darkest of paths. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.